Matthew chapter 9. I'm so glad that you're here today. I hope today will be a challenge to you, an encouragement to you. And I just pray that the Lord would use our service today to be a help to you. Well, we've just come off two really incredible weekends. Uh, this last weekend, yesterday, we were able to do uh, a car wash to help uh, Grace Cafe. And uh, we were able to wash 62, I believe was the final count, 62 cars and be able to uh, donate $10 per car. And it was awesome to see the community come together, but awesome to see our church come out and wash cars and work hard for two hours straight. And um, I did nothing. It was great. Um, I just basically talked to people as they came in. And uh, then I got to wash, I think, the last two cars or something like that. Uh, But listen, if you were there yesterday, I want to thank you so much for all the work that you put in. You guys did a great job. And then the weekend before, this weekend before was our missions conference. And if you missed our missions conference, I really feel like you missed out on something spectacular. And I would actually challenge you to go back and listen to some of those things, maybe on your drive to work this week, and listen to the messages that were preached, the uh, missions uh, presentations that were made. Uh, it was just a challenge and encouragement to me. Some wonderful preaching. Uh, we got to spend a bunch of time with the Beemans, uh, and they were an encouragement to my family and I, and uh, I hope they were an encouragement to you. I hope they were excited. Like you, they made you excited uh, about missions. The Suttons were with us uh, via Zoom. Uh, unfortunately, they couldn't make it, but they are going to Nicaragua. And I'll be honest with you, I don't know if there is a weekend that I get more excited about than missions conference. I just, I, I don't know, there's just something about missions conference that I love. Uh, it just challenged me, it spurs me, especially when somebody's going to a rural place. I'm telling you, I want to go, I want to be in the jungle, I want to take um, the mosquitoes to just lift me up and carry me away. I mean, just bug nets, can you imagine? It'd be so amazing, and the, the, the Beemans are going to a place like that. I'm just so excited about Missions Conference. I love to hear how people in different countries live. I love to hear the passion in missionaries, that they're excited about the way God is going to use them, and they're going to go to a country, and I'm excited to hear about the methods that they might use and things that they'll try to do. And the Beemans were saying that they have to get into a village and they have to get in good with the chief and again I can't imagine the pressure you say one wrong word or say something that offends the chief and your whole opportunities are gone that's something that we need to pray about missions conference is always such a challenging time for me it just helps me to refocus the Lord always seems to convict me about something during missions conference and I actually Hate it and enjoy it all in the same motion. It's just such an amazing time to refocus, recenter our lives on missions. Missions, I believe, is something that most of us misunderstand. Let me say that again. Missions, I believe, is something that most of us that sit here in this room today and maybe even online, most of us misunderstand missions. When we think of missions, we often think of something, something happening on the other side of the world, or somewhere else, not here. Somewhere else, just not here. But missions is simply the mission of the church. Let me say that again. Missions is simply the mission of the church. Maybe I need to say that a third time just for effect, all right? Missions is simply the mission of the church. I like to define words. 
Okay, so I defined the word mission from Webster's Dictionary. It means this, a specific task with, with, with which a person or group is charged. Very simple, right? Very simple. A specific task with which a person or a group is charged. So I'm going to give you a task. I give my children tasks all the time. Go clean your room. They have been charged with a task. And guess what? It is a mission. And sometimes it seems like a daily mission. And sometimes it seems like it's going to be a day-long mission. Seems like it's forever. Okay? But I want you to notice what Oxford's Dictionary defines it as. It says this, a strongly felt aim, ambition, or even a calling. Okay, so this is a mission, a strongly felt aim, ambition. This is something that I'm living for. This is something that I'm called to. This is a mission. So guys, flip back, if you will, to that other one. It is mission is simply the mission of the church. Missions is simply the mission of the church. It is a strongly felt aim, ambition, or calling. So I want to define what missionary means now. Okay, so it's mission with a suffix of A-R-Y. So a missionary from Webster's Dictionary means this. A person belonging to, connected with, or engaged in a mission. Define the word, okay? A person belonging to, connected with, or engaged in a mission. That is what a missionary is. Someone who belongs to, is connected with, or engaged in a mission. You say, Pastor Jones, why are you defining these words? Most of us that have been grown up in church, we know what missions is, and we know what a missionary is. I think you're wrong. We don't know what missions is. Missions is just a task given to us. You and I who sit in here, we are all engaged or we all ought to be engaged in a mission. So let me make this very clear. Every single one of us that sits in this room today ought to be a missionary. Every single one of us. Every single one of us ought to be a missionary. You say, why? Give me one good reason. I'll give you one. But I think it's the most important. I'll give you one good reason. Here's the reason. We all have the potential to help change someone's life for the better. Let me say that again. We all have the potential to help change someone's life for the better. What if I told you that every one of us possesses something that has changed our life? What if I told you that that thing that has changed your life, has helped you, sustained you, has lifted you up, has encouraged you, has been such an amazing thing, it's almost as if you own a treasure. Every one of us can have that. It's yours to keep. It's invaluable. By the way, you can never lose it. It's impossible to lose. It has helped you. It has sustained you. However... It would help so many other people if you would just give it to them. What if I told you you possess something that could help so many other people if you would just give it to them? It has helped you. It has been a treasure to you. It has been something that has sustained you. And quite frankly, most of us want to hold on to it. But what if I told you this? 
even if you give it, you never lose it. What if I told you if even after you give it away, it still stays with you? How many of you would be more willing to give it? It's just a constant reflowing. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if money was like that? Listen, all of us want to help people. All of us do. Listen, our community got together this weekend and said, listen, we want to help people. We got together. We washed 62 cars to help Grace Cafe, who, guess what, helps people. We had a yard sale and a barbecue that was to help people. And guess what? Our community got all behind that. Listen, we have something that will help change people's lives. And guess what? When we give it, we don't lose it. It's kind of like fire, right? You ever lit a fire? And guess what? You can stick a stick in there and light that stick on fire and the fire doesn't go away. Just keep, you can just keep lighting more and more and more and more things. As long as the fuel is present, you can keep lighting it. We literally have something that has changed our life, could change other people's lives, if we would just give it to them. And when you give it, you don't lose yours. It's an amazing, amazing thing. Many of us are willing to give up time and effort and resources to help a good cause, something, a good cause that we deem worthy a good cause. But here, here, right now, we literally have the chance to change people's lives with something that we already have. The question is, how do we give what we have? The question is, how do I give what I have? How do we engage in the mission? How do we, who are sitting here at Bible Baptist Church today, how do we become missionaries? How do we become involved in the mission of the church? I want to show you this morning three ways to belong, three ways to connect, three ways to engage. That's not nine, that's just three, okay? Some of you are like, oh, this is going to be a long one. Three ways to belong, connect, or engage in the mission or vision of Bible Baptist. I want everybody to read this next slide for me. The vision, the mission of Bible Baptist is this. Are you ready? Put it up there. Everybody, one, two, three. Seeking Christ and sharing hope. Let's do it again. Ready? Seeking Christ and sharing hope. This is the vision. This is the mission of Bible Baptist Church. To seek Christ and to share hope. This is what the mission of Bible Baptist Church is. If you want to be a missionary, get behind this. Get engaged in this. Belong to this. Seeking Christ and sharing hope. We have the opportunity to change people's lives. Get involved in the mission, if you will. I want to show you three ways to reach out. Three ways of reaching out. Number one, earnestly pray. Number one, earnestly pray. Number one, earnestly pray. You say, Pastor Jones, why are you repeating yourself so much? Because I don't want you to miss anything. Earnestly pray. Matthew chapter 9 with me, if you haven't turned there yet. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 35. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 35. 
Bible says this. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Talk about missions, all right? Verse 36. But when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion on them. Because why? They fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep, having no shepherd. And saith he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Notice what it says in verse 38. Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. I believe we make far too little an effort to pray. I believe this with all my heart. We make far too little an effort to pray. I'm going to make a statement here and see if I can confuse you a little bit, all right? Prayer is one of the easiest, yet hardest, most overlooked things we can do. <laughs> Prayer is one of the easiest, yet the hardest and most overlooked things that we can do. You say praying is just talking to God, right? Praying is just talking to God. Listen, I talk for a living. It's easy. I talk to people all day, every day. And some of you do too. Some of you are on the phones all day, all the time. Listen, talking is easy. It comes easy to most of us. But have you ever tried to pray for an hour? Whoa. It's like after five minutes, you're like, what else is there to pray for? It's a lot of work. It's a lot of effort. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of uh, focus to pray for an hour. It's one of the easiest because it's just talking to God. But it's one of the hardest. And then it's the, one of the most overlooked things. Because a lot of times we ask this question, what can talking to God do? What can honestly talking to God do? I want you to notice a few things about this passage. Notice first of all with me that this is Jesus speaking. Jesus is God in the flesh. Jesus is God's son I want you to notice that he is the one, and he is teaching his disciples something very important. He's teaching us why we should pray. I want you to look. He says, pray therefore, okay? Have you, have you figured this out? If there's ever a therefore, you have to go back to see what it's there for, okay? So we're going to go back. We're going to go back to verse 37. Why am I praying? The harvest truly is plenteous. He, Jesus says to his disciples, listen guys, the harvest truly is plenteous. There's a bunch of people out there that need to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. There's a bunch of people out there that need to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. There's a bunch of people out there. The harvest truly is plenteous, but notice the next reason why. We have a plenteous harvest, but the laborers are few. Why am I praying? Because the harvest is plenteous and the laborers are few. The harvest is plenteous, and the laborers are few. To whom do we pray? Pray ye therefore what? To who? The Lord of the harvest. So we're praying to the Lord of the harvest. The harvest is great, but the laborers are few, so we're going to pray to the Lord of the harvest. Listen, the Lord is the one who knows the harvest. By the way, the Lord is the one who created the harvest. 
The Lord is the one who died so that the harvest can come in. Listen, he's the Lord of the harvest. What do we pray? Notice, pray ye therefore to the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. God, would you please send forth laborers into your harvest? That's the prayer. God, will you please send forth laborers into your harvest? Let me ask this question. What can talking to God do? What can talking to God do? Let me just think logically with me this morning. Why would Jesus, God in the flesh, tell us to do something to God for God just to say no? So it's like saying this. Hey, I want you to come ask me for some money. Come, come ask me for some money. Come ask me for $100. Come ask me for $100. Come on. Come ask me. And you come and ask me and I say, no! Ha ha ha! Why would God tell us to ask God for something and him to say no? Listen, I'm going to tell you something. Jesus doesn't, God doesn't do that. God's asking you to pray for laborers into his harvest so that he can send forth laborers into his harvest. Pray earnestly. By the way, if we pray for God to send forth laborers into his harvest, I believe this, he is going to send forth laborers into his harvest. James chapter 5 and verse 16, you see it here on the screens, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man. Well, look what it does. It availeth much. It availeth much. So if I'm praying and I'm working and I'm begging God and I'm praying the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers into his harvest, guess what's going to happen? Laborers are going to go into the harvest. Laborers being sent are a direct correlation to the time spent in prayer for them. Let me say that again. Laborers being sent into the harvest are in direct correlation to the time spent in prayer for them. We look around this world and we go, man, there's a shortage of pastors. Man, there's a shortage of people. Let me encourage you this morning, earnestly pray the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Why don't we see more laborers? Why don't we see more missionaries? Think one thing, we aren't praying for them. We aren't praying for them. Number two, excitedly give. Earnestly pray. Number two, excitedly give. Go to Luke chapter six. Now this is where everybody just turned me off. Everybody just turned me off right here. I can pray for the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers and harvest, but I'm not excited about giving. I am not excited about giving. Luke chapter six and verse 38, a passage that has been mentioned much in the last couple of weeks. The Bible says this. The Bible says in Luke chapter 6 and verse 38, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. <laughs> Pressed down. Shaken together. And running over shall men give into your bosom for with the same measure ye that ye meet with all it shall be measured to you again whatever you give you're going to get back whatever you give you're going to receive again this is jesus speaking again notice it with me it's in red this is jesus speaking again 
Give and it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down and shaken together. Notice this, that give, the word give, if you're into English at all, grammar, give is an imperative. An imperative means a command. Give, give, give. It's a necessity. Listen, again, we've given all kinds of things. We, we like to give all kinds of things. But this is a command. It's an imperative. It is an imperative to give. But I want you to notice something else. It's also an invitation. Give is also an invitation. Notice this. Write this down. Giving is an invitation to experience the power of God. Listen, kids are all, all the time, all the time getting birthday party invitations. It's, oh man, it's constant. We're, I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding you. It's, it seems like every week we have an invitation to a birthday party. You know what that invitation does? It gets you in the door of the birthday party. Whether it's at a home or at a fun center or at the Flying Squirrel, wherever it is, it gets you in the door. Listen, giving is an invitation to experience the power of God. You say, Pastor Yolens, how do you know that? Look at this verse again, verse 38. Give and it shall be given unto you. But notice, good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over. Listen, God's saying, if you will give, you'll experience my power. If you give, you'll experience something that you've never experienced before. You'll be overflowing. You'll have an abundance. Jesus is inviting us to see how God will give back to us. Jesus is inviting us to see how God will multiply your gift. Come on. Let me show you how I can multiply it. Come on, just give it to me, and I'll show you what I will do with it. Just give it. Jesus is inviting us. Listen, when we know that God is going to multiply our gift, that should excite us. That should excite us. We get excited about matching contributions. Some of you have already retired. Some of you are already saving for retirement. There are some companies that will match your retirement contribution up to a certain extent. So let's say I put in $1,000. And my company matches that. Hello, that excites me. That's two times, okay? That's multiplication just two times, okay? I, like, I, I'll get excited. I'll be putting money away left, right, and center because, like, if you don't match it, I'll just keep giving. That's exciting. We get excited about matching contributions. It happens to us all the time. We want to put money into our RRSP, and our employer says, all right, I'll match that. Thank you very much. Love free money. Listen, it's a great plan, but God's plan is so much better. God's plan is so much better. I want you just to think about the feeding of the 5,000. Five loaves, two fishes. God didn't multiply it by two and have ten loaves and four fishes. Oh, no, 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 no. God kept multiplying and multiplying and multiplying and multiplying. So much so that 5,000 men, I believe there were women and children there as well, men, women, and children ate and were full, and there were 12 baskets left over. Listen, God doesn't multiply just by two. God just keeps multiplying and multiplying and multiplying. Look at Luke chapter 6 and verse 38 again. The Bible says this, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together, running over as much as you can fit in there, and still more to come shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you 
again. I want you to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9 with me. I'm going to get you to turn in your Bibles a bunch today. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 6. The Bible says this, But this I say, He which soweth, or giveth sparingly, shall reap also sparingly. Whatever you give, you're going to get. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Look at verse 7. Every man, according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give. Notice what the conditions are. Not grudgingly. Oh, nor of necessity. And then multiply it and multiply it and multiply it. Excitedly give. The question is this. What do we give? What do we give? Anything. Absolutely anything. Again, yesterday we had the opportunity to give our time and our effort. We had the opportunity to give our unwanted items to a yard sale. Opportunities to give. We have opportunities to give our resources. We have the opportunity to give our finances. Listen, we have the opportunity to give ourselves. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Give, and it shall be given unto you. I want to focus specifically on finances today. Because this goes along with what I want to share with that little card. Our finances help enable people to tell other people about Jesus. Let me say that again. Our finances help enable people to tell other people about Jesus. I want you to turn your 2 Corinthians, go to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 15. Let me just show you how giving helps other people tell other people about Jesus. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 15. The Bible says this. Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel when I departed from Macedonia, no church, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only... For even in Thessalonica ye sent once and again unto my necessity. This church at Philippi was just giving to Paul. He had needs, he had different things going on, and this church at Philippi had just kept giving to him. Even in Thessalonica. Verse 17, not because I desire to give, but, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. But look at verse 18. But I have all and abound. I am full having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. So Epaphroditus is just the messenger. Epaphroditus is the guy bringing the stuff, bringing the supplies, bringing the money, bringing whatever it is that Paul received. Churches were giving to another man for the purpose that a man could tell other people about Jesus Christ. But look at verse 19. I love it. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. When you give, God will supply your need. When you give, God will press it down. When you give, God will shake it together so that there's no air pockets. When you give, God will make it run over. When you give, God will give back. 
When you give, God will give back. Here at Bible Baptist, we have two main financial giving programs. We have what is called the tithe. The tithe, the tithe is simply, tithe means tenth. We believe here from the Bible, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time here, but we believe from the Bible that every person ought to give a tenth of their gross income back to God. That's Old Testament brought into the new and really expanded upon. Again, I don't want to take too much time there. But we also have what we like to call around here faith, promise, mission. Faith, promise, missions. That's what the card you have in your hand, okay? Everybody should have got one. If you didn't get one, see me afterwards, I'll get you one. This is the specific way that our church gives to the mission of sharing hope with everyone around the world. This is giving through Bible Baptist Church. This will allow us to support people like the Allens, who we had three, two weeks ago. This helps us support people like the Beemans. This helps us support people like the Suttons. This helps us this helps us get them to the field. They talk about being at 95% or at 88%. That's how much money they need in order to live to tell other people about the gospel. We currently, Bible Baptist currently supports 24 different families. 24 different families that are in another part of the world. They're not in St. Thomas. They're in another part of the world. Sharing hope with people around them. Our missions budget for 2022 is approximately $96,000. Let me say that one more time because that's a lot of money. Our missions budget to be on mission, to be sharing hope with the people around this city and around the world is $96,000. It's a lot of money. You might think, well, how do we do that? Listen, this is us stepping out in faith. It comes from the people of Bible Baptist Church who are willing to financially support the mission of Bible Baptist. Everyone got a card here today. On that card, we're asking you to do this, to promise or commit to a weekly amount. Above and beyond the 10th, we're asking you to commit to that to support the missions of Bible Baptist. By the way, this often will take some faith. That's why it's called faith promise. Most of us are like, tenth of my income, that's a big deal. That's a huge deal. I'm not trying to undermine that. A tenth of my income ought to come back to the Lord. And then now you're saying, I need to go above and beyond that and give to the necessity of other people around me? Yeah. It's above and beyond, so it's going to take some faith, but it's going to take faith to that God's going to multiply it. That God's going to provide where you need. You know, God doesn't just put money in your mailbox, although he does that. God doesn't always give money on the side of the 401. Some of you know my story. But he does that. Sometimes God will give you stuff on sale that you never thought you'd ever get on sale. God will provide in ways you can never think so this is going to take some faith. It's often a sacrifice to give. Listen, we have a budget of $96,000. I would love to make budget. That would be great. But let me just be very honest and clear this morning. Whether we make budget or not, this is what I would love to see. I would love to see 100% participation. 
Listen, you might say, listen, Pastor Jones, I can't give much. Can I encourage you? Start with $5 a week. Just five bucks a week. Not a lot of money. $5 a week. Just start somewhere. Because when you, listen, when you give, God's going to multiply. Just try it. Just try it. Let me say it one more time. Just try it. And what will happen is that little boy just gave a little bit of his lunch and God began to multiply it. And he got excited about giving. Excitedly give. Step out in faith. Give five bucks a week toward missions. Maybe you can give 50 bucks a week. Maybe you can give 100 bucks a week. Listen, I don't know what you can give, but allow the Lord to work through you. But I know this, if all of us, 100% participation, if all of us were to give, God would take it and multiply it. A little church in St. Thomas, supporting 24 different missionaries. Hopefully, I'd love to take 27. I'd love to take the Allens, the Beemans, and the Suttons on. Listen, we don't give them a lot of money a month. We give them $150 a month. It's not a lot. We would love to be able to support them and aid them in the mission. Giving, and it shall be given unto you. That's what that card is, okay? So we're going to take that up in just a few minutes. I got one more point, and then we're going to take that up. Okay, so I want you to be thinking about what the Lord would have you to do concerning giving just one small portion, just financially, to missions. So we've seen earnestly pray, excitedly give, and number three, enthusiastically go. Enthusiastically go. Matthew chapter 28, if you would. Matthew chapter 28. Don't worry, this point's not that long. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. The Bible says this, Go ye, or excuse me, and Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Verse 19, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. I believe this with all my heart. Every single one of us, every single one of us, every single one of us ought to go. Every single one of us ought to be going. By the way, not in our own strength. Not in our own strength, but in the power of Jesus Christ. Notice there's that, go ye therefore. Because of what? We go back up. Because all power is given to Christ in heaven and in earth. And then at the end, he says, I am with you always. You don't have to go by yourself. You say, Pastor Jones, I can't just pack up my house and go somewhere in a foreign country. Sure you can. Because it's not you doing it, it's the Lord doing it through you. Listen, when the Beamans got up here and said, it is our honor, it is our privilege to serve the King of Kings and to go to the mission field for him, I thought, man, that's awesome. And here, sometimes we sit here and we just go, nah. It's got to be more exciting for me than that. we got the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords saying, i got a mission for you. I have a mission to go. 
And look at what the Bible says, and teach all nations. You've probably heard this before, but never before in the history of Canada have there been more nations presented in St. Thomas than ever before. Nations of people. I have Cambodians that live three doors down from me. I have people that live next to me and further down, and they're just people, nation after nation after nation after nation. So listen, you may not be called to get up and go to the Philippines. You may not be called to get up and go somewhere else. Can you reach your neighbor? Can you reach your coworker? You may not be called to Hungary or to Senegal or to Taktiaktak. Oh, that would be awesome. Or Mexico or any other place, but we just need to go to our family. We just need to go to our friends, our co-workers. The reality is this, every one of us needs to enthusiastically go tell someone about Jesus Christ. Why? Give me one good reason, Pastor Yeomans, why? Because we can see someone's life radically changed. If we will just pray, if we will just give, if we will just go, pray. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Father, I pray that we would simply pray, Lord of the harvest, to send forth laborers into harvest. Father, I pray that we would give, and it shall be given unto us. Father, I pray that we would go in your power to tell other people about you. Father, I pray your will be accomplished here today. Father, if there's one here that does not know you as personal Savior, they've never experienced Jesus Christ, I pray that today would be the day of their salvation. They would know him. Father, your will be accomplished in that. I just thank you so much for dying on the cross that we can have a mission. We can all be missionaries. And I pray that we would give our lives to it all these things in your name. I'm going to ask you just to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. It's our time to make a decision. I'm just going to ask you two questions. Number one, are you willing to pray, give, and go? Are you willing? Second question is this, will you commit to doing that? Will you commit? If you're willing, will you commit to doing it? Will you commit to pray? Maybe you'll take five minutes a day and just pray the Lord of the harvest. Maybe you'll commit to give. I'm going to take $5 a week and I'm going to give it. And maybe you'll commit to go. I'm going to take five minutes a day and just tell someone about Jesus Christ. I'm going to commit. Listen, please, please understand this. You do not have to commit to me. Please don't. You do not have to commit to the person sitting next to you. The only person, this is a commitment between you and the Lord. You're telling the Lord, I'm going to do what you commanded me to do, to pray, to give, and to go.